Welcome back to The Merchant's Way. Now, you know, I hope it will be appreciated that I have said to you before that um, I've wanted this to be um, sort of organic, personal, that, you know, I'm not reading from book text or reading from auto, auto cue. It is because I am completely immersed in this and I'm passionate about this and wanting to pass this on to the next generation because, you know, all of these trust and they talk about, the government talk about educating the next generation. Quite frankly, I don't, I'm not seeing it. And I, I know I have said to you before, we have so much history and it's, it's inevitable. As time moves on, we're going to get bigger and bigger and more and more. But some of the very important things are being lost and it's too important to be lost. And if we always remember our word, recognition without it, no realization, then an individual, once they become involved, they will know how to look at things. And because they know how to look at things, they know how to affect whatever is personal and pertinent to them. That way, because we cannot carry it all with us. You take what's pertinent to you. But if you've never been taught how to really look at this and how to evaluate it, then, you know, you, you just get blown about at sea. Again, me taking the metaphor of the nautical situation. You know, remember I've said, where the merchant ship, you're at sea, no walls, we're free. But you know, there's a very different of being focused, knowing where you're going, knowing what you want, what you want to realize from what you, you're doing, because every action brings about a reaction. What you do will affect what change you, or change or changes you get. So it is up to you. But in all of that, you have to understand what it is you're doing. Now, all of this education we're told, I get, we get more than our fair share of PhDs visiting us. And they tell me this is their subject. And if I'm honest with you, a lot of them, they're left wanting. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I'm some great scholar. All I say to you, this is something that has really got my passion. So I do an awful lot of work. And yes, there are times you get slip of the tongues and things like that. I will try to address those slip of the tongue. It's, I want this to feel as if you've knocked at the door, you come in, and we're having a conversation. And you do get that. And so if you communicate with us, 
I will then redress whatever it is I might have had a slip of a tongue. Because what, what we don't do, we don't over-edit, we don't, we want this to be so natural, it's more conversational. And I hope that that is being appreciated. And look, we're not afraid of your comments, your criticism. Please do communicate this to us. Because we're not, you know, yes, I could sit here and read this out of a book, but then if I'm doing that, why don't you do that? I can't see the difference it's going to make. But if then I'm saying to you, look, I'm really spending time studying my subject, engaging with you, trying to do this so it's all coming out of my head, then you hopefully will see that I'm spending time to prepare this and to go through it with you. And we're very lucky. Why we're lucky? We've got the perfect building to be immersed in. You know, because no other building in this country, to my knowledge, so encapsulates the whole of, as I've said to you, early modern European and British history. Specifically, the wool trade. Now, wool is what saved England. You know, this takes us Back to if, and, and uh, I know there, well, I hope anyway, there are people all around the world who is listening to this, and you might not know this. Wool in England was our biggest trade. This is a trade that every single English man, woman, and child, even their dog, if it's the right breed, can be proud of because there are no bad connotations. And we fought for this. Our fellow English men fought knee-deep in mud at the Battle of Cressy, Poitiers, Agincourt. We were outnumbered vastly. And they died in the mud with their skulls cracked open. And this was a time when the kings were on the battlefield with their men fighting. As we can see at Agincourt, the bloodiest medieval battle we ever had, when our Welchman, Davy Gam, bodyguard to Henry V, saved his life. Had he not done so, we would have been a very different place today. But there he was, his head smashed open. He died on the field. And this is why Edward III have decided that the the wool trade, the wool sack, the wool bales as they were then would be in the House of Lords. His Lord Chancellor would sit up on what is the wool sack. So today it's a seat of the Lord, it's a Lord Speaker's seat in the House of Lords. 
So this is a history that they, the whole country should be proud of. This building, as I continuously say, is the only building that I know that within its architectural language, if you can read it, you read the whole of early modern European and British history tied up in this tiny building, Ellis, that is Ellis Manor House. The history is vast. There are other characters here within this history that we've not even mentioned yet. We will come to it because we are going indefinitely. We want to engage you and to show you the importance of what we talk about. But you know, today sadly, if it's not an enormous building, people think, oh, it's just another little old house. Well, one of what we, sh what we shall be doing is to making it more apparent to you. And this is how you read these buildings. So look, do stay with us like these. Let your friends know. Share them. We need to really build so that people know when they come to Ellis Manor House, it's not just a come-look-see. It's educational. Thank you again, my friends, for being with us, and we look forward to joining with you again. Goodbye for now. Good sailing.